Welcome back to Just Scrap Radio on BJPen.com. I'm your host, Cole Sheldon. Episode 52, we got a good lineup ahead of uh, UFC Vegas, what, 38 now, which is a uh, really good card. So first up, we're joined by one half of the main event in Johnny Walker to preview his fight against Tiago Santos. This is a really uh, good fight for the light heavyweight division. It really should be a very fan-friendly fight. Both these guys, knockout artists, both these guys going to come forward and look for that knockout. I uh, spoke to Johnny about this, how I think he matches up against... Tiago and what he kind of makes is Tiago. Tiago's on a three-fight losing streak. He lost to John Jones by split. Then he had the double knee surgery. Lost to Glover by submission, and then he lost to Alexander Rakic in very lackluster fight. But Johnny thinks Tiago still is about as tough as they come, and he knows a win over Tiago puts him right in the mix for a, a title shot at light heavyweight. Next, we're going to be joined by Jared Gordon to preview his fight against Joe Selecki. Jared's moving back up to 55. He had two uh, fights at 45. At the second one, he missed weight in. He basically said the UFC forced him to move up, so that's why he's fighting Joe Selecki now at lightweight. Kind of talked about how he matched up against him. Joe's a guy he knows quite well just because they both fought in CFFC. He kind of watched that promotion a lot just to kind of see who's coming up in that promotion. And the final guest of the show is actually Joe Selecki. So we have both sides of this fight. So really good chat with Joe about how he matched up against Jared. And what he thinks a win over Jared does from he's undefeated in the UFC. He's coming off a win over Jim Miller. If you can beat Jared Gordon, like a top 15 guy who could possibly be next for him at lightweight. It's a really good chat. With Joe, really good chat with all three. But be sure to share the show, subscribe, and tune in next week for another episode of Just Scrap Radio. All right, we're joined by UFC light heavyweight Johnny Walker, who's headlining a show upcoming. Johnny, how's it going, man? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm doing well. First UFC main event. Like when you got the call, they'd be headlining the show. Like what kind of went through your head? Uh, I was just very happy because you know all of the hard work that's been put along my career is just yeah it's coming now my first maybe not the last one and i'm so happy i'm glad to be here and i'm just delighted you know like very very happy you were obviously supposed to fight in march you end up getting injured like when did you kind of fully become healthy that you could train 100 percent again yeah it took like six months right to come back yeah the surgery was six months ago February. Oh, February. How long? Did... Seven months ago. So I've been with a lot of work, strength, conditioning, physiotherapy, like every day, every week. This this physiotherapy and change the exercise and like so much work. And now I'm hundred percent and ready to go. And getting Tiago Santos, like, was this someone you had your eye on, or was it just who the UFC offered you? Uh, UFC just offered me, and it's a, I'm really glad that he's a, a legend in Brazil already, you know, and he's a top five uh, opponent, and I'm just happy. It's a big opportunity for me, and I'm really happy to have this match. What have you made of his recent run? Because he's on a three-fight losing streak, but he's only been fighting the top guys at light heavyweight. Yeah, this is good, so... I don't mind uh, about he his three lost. Like he, he fights for the belt, he fights against Jones. He gave hard time for every fight that he fought already, and like it's a good test for me. So I'm happy and ready to him. Uh, going five rounds too. Like, is this something you think you're finally ready to go, or is this something you could have done a while back? I never fought five rounds, but. This competition is being amazing, and I'm, everything that I'm doing, it's five times, five minutes, so I'm ready as well. 
my cardio is good, strength conditioning was good, my condition, all of the technique, heart, and <laughs> it's just been everything amazing. Like I'm injury free as well, so I'm ready to go five rounds if I need. I know Brazilians sometimes don't like fighting fellow Brazilians. Did was there ever hesitant for you or Tiago to face each other? Yeah, I prefer fight against any other fighters in the world. But you know, we fight the guy from your same country, same nationality. It's just a little bit weird. It's a little bit like it's not weird. It's just it's just happened. It's just a job. No, I don't really mind. Like it means that we are on the top ten. Like I think every top ten, most of the top ten have a Brazilian fighter or girl. You know, and this is means that we are Brazil. We Brazilian have really good level and we are on top 10 of any division so i'm glad and i know i have to face some brazilian endpoint so i'm just happy because this is the job i see i like a job you know i have no rivality against nobody but it is what it is uh, stylistically how do you think you match up against tiago uh, i'm very unpredictable and I'm good on the floor, on striking. I have good jiu-jitsu, everything. And, but I like strike, you know. I like stand-up game. And he's a really good striker. So he have, he have probably think he's black belt, but he's a good striker as well. So it's, it's going to be firework on this fight. And I'm ready to go. Do you think this fight will hit the ground at any point? Or do you think it's just going to be kind of a kickboxing fight? I'm fighting MMA, bro. You know, I'm. I can take him down. He can try to take me down. Everything can happen on on this level. We supposed to know and do everything. So whatever it takes, I, I'm ready to play whatever he wants. But I'm gonna put my game on top of this. Tiago's obviously known for his leg kicks. Like, how have you kind of been preparing for those? Say it again. Tiago's like known for his leg kicks. Like, how have you been preparing for those? He's good. Yeah. I'm gonna block or escape. Like, if he really good and kick too strong, if, if I blocked his kick properly, I broke his leg or his feet. So, let's go. Let him try. Uh, how do you see yourself winning this fight? Bro, I wanna, I don't wanna let the fight on the half round. I wanna or submit him or, or knock him out, but I wanna finish. But if you take five rounds, okay, good. we ready to go. But I want to try to finish the fight since the first minute until the last one. Are you disappointed this fight's just at the apex and not in front of fans? Of course. I'm the kind of the fighter that like to fight for the fans. Like I feel the energy. I send them energy back. And I would like to make the crowd excited to watch. But, you know, this fucking COVID situation make this happen. So we just have to accept and keep going. Where do you think a win over Tiago puts you in the division? Because you'd be right up there in the top five. I hope put me in the top five and give me one or two more big fights than the title shot soon next year. I hope. Is that kind of the goal for you? Is title shot next year? Yeah, yeah. I, I'm ready to for this deep water now, you know. And this is my first main event with five rounds so just gonna give me a lot of experience so this fight and two more gonna make me ready for the title shot i know you're out in ireland how has training been out there at spg 
it's amazing. John Kavanaugh is a really good coach and he helped me with everything. He provided everything that I need, like box coach, strength conditioning, any kind of problem that I have, he know how to solve and he was great coach and teach me the the good things that really work. So I'm really happy that I'm here. I make one of the best come training in my life and I I'm gonna smash this guy. How much better do you think you've gotten? Like more well rounded since going out there? Like I feel like I'm a whiskey, you know, as much older I get better. So I'm not older yet. I'm twenty nine, but you know, more experience and now is my 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 big window is just open, you know, of my prime. I have I'm young and I have a lot of experience, so now is my prime. So we'll just start my prime. So the light heavyweight division have to be very careful because I come to take over. A lot of people call you out. Like if you get your hand raised here, like do you kind of plan on calling anyone out? Ah, oh, of course I'm gonna call maybe Jimmy Prokanska. If you want to meet Win tomorrow, I can call him as well. I want to fight you one more time at the end of this year, and I hope this can happen. And then next year is going to be my run, my race for the championship, you know. Uh, the light heavyweight title fights just a few weeks after you. Like, how, who do you kind of think wins that fight? Uh, I believe, and I'm sharing for Glover Teixeira. He's a veteran, and I think... He deserved because he was in this game for so long. He's a veteran. I think he should get this win because he just deserves a really cool guy. And at the end of his career now, like he's just 42, he's very old to keep trying. It's his last chance. I think he put so much work for this fight. And I think he's going to beat the champ. Jimmy Crutes kind of said a lot about you after you pulled out. Like, where did that all kind of come from? I have no idea. Who's Jimmy Crutes? You were supposed to fight him in March. Oh, uh, yeah. I don't fight him. So, With John Kavanaugh, like, he's a really good game planner. Like, how much has that helped with you kind of having a game plan heading into a fight? Yeah, we watched Thiago fight, and we really be very careful with all of the detail. We see all of the strong weapon that he have. We drew a lot of the technique that he do usually do on his fights, you know, against him, what I should do. So we replicate everything on the train and have been so amazing. I'm ready for anything that Thiago have to, to, to show, but I don't think he, he have new things. He's, he's not discarded on fighters. He's, all of these fighters, they have the same pattern and I learn everything. Like I know when he blink, I know when he walk back, I know when he going to kick. So I'm ready for him. Are you living in Ireland full-time or do you just head out there for your training camps? No, I live here now on full-time and probably going to live here very long because my fiancé is an Irish girl and uh, I have to be here now. Yeah. You like Ireland better than Brazil or you still like Brazil? I love Brazil. I miss so much the weather. No? I'm going to come to Brazil after this fight. I'm going to bring my fiancé to know my family and I'm going to spend maybe one, two weeks there and come back straight away to train because I want to fight soon again, maybe the end of December, as I said. So just go there, relax a little bit, take the, put a little bit of the sun, take a little tan and come back to the cold again. Because it's going to be cold here at the end of the year. <laughs> uh, just last thing, you get your hand raised. Are you going to do any celebrations? Is it back to just the Zen in the middle of the octagon? I celebrate bro so much hard work done but i'm gonna do a safe one this time yeah you learn from the mistake 
of course. I don't want another surgery, but surgery's no good. Well, Johnny, I appreciate the time as always. Thank you so much for doing this. You're my friend. Take care. All right, we're joined by UFC lightweight now, I guess. Again, Jared Gordon. Jared, how's it going? I'm doing well. How you doing? I'm doing well. Uh, that's kind of the first thing I want to touch on. You dropped down to featherweight in your past two fights. I know you came in heavy last time. Like, did is moving back up to lightweight? Is this something that basically the UFC told you they wanted? Yeah, to they were up? like, you gotta move back up. I was like, all right. I'm like, so whatever. You, you didn't have much of a choice then. No, there was no like, please. It was just like, you got to move up. Is that something you tried to talk them out of? Because I know when we talked, like, you thought Featherweight is where you'd be at your best. Because you just don't yeah, think you were I big mean, enough. I, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. I I, uh, I wanted to stay down there. Um, but it's not what the world wanted for me or the universe. So, Is... That's something you're still open to in the future is another drop down or you think it's lightweight now from now on just trying to add I mean, more size? If, if it's worth it, I would do it, you know? But for now, I, for the foreseeable future, it looks like it's going to be lightweight. And fighting early October, like it's like eight months after your last fight roughly. Like is this a lot later than what you kind of expected to get back in there? Um, yeah, definitely. I wanted to fight earlier um i did have a couple injuries not nothing crazy but definitely stuff that would have stopped me from fighting um but it is what it is and hopefully now that i'm at lightweight i could also take you know fights sooner or faster you know uh, are you trying to like add any more size? Or are you just gonna fight at what you're at, so you can kind of take those short notice fights. I mean, I saw someone that I haven't seen in a while the other day, and they're like, "Man, you're huge!" And I was like, "What?" I'm like super skinnier. I'm like, you know, I'm I'm lean right now. I, you know, I fight in a week and a half, so I'm 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 really low. I'm actually lower than I've ever been for 55 going into fight week. Um, but I think I filled out. I guess I'm assuming I filled out because people are telling me I look, I guess just more muscular, but no, like it's, I'm not necessarily wanting to get bigger, but faster, stronger. Yeah. Not necessarily bigger though. Is that an advantage you think you'll have a lightweight is your speed? I mean, you know, they call me flash, but I'm, I'm not the fastest guy ever, <laughs> but uh, I think like, when I get smaller, I definitely move a lot better. Um, and I think I could be a little quicker and, and, and scramble and transition in certain scenarios better than bigger guys. Uh, but I don't know. I, I, I mean, most of my fights were at 55. So, you know, not only, you know, before UFC, it was all 55 basically besides like one or two fights. So um, I don't really know. I think, I think, 45 and 55 is pretty similar as far as speed. Just, you know, guys are obviously a little bigger at 55. Your opponent, Joe Selecki, like how much do you know about him? Um, I've watched his fights. Uh, we actually came up in the same organization, CFFC. Um, he's a great grappler. Uh, that's where he likes to bring all the fights or, you know, he's a, he's a submission specialist. Um, and I don't think he necessarily wants to 
a trade too much. He likes to, you know, get you to the cage or get you down and then work from there, which great, you know, it's effective, it's great strategy. He's a tough kid. Um, but besides that, I know, I think he's from like Jersey or Pennsylvania and he lives in North or South Carolina and that's where he trains. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, I watch his fights and, you know, I've been watching him for a while because I've, you know, watched him come up in CFFC and get into UFC. And obviously, I, you know, I watched before I knew I was fighting him, he fought Jim Miller. I watched that fight. I watched his other fights live. So, yeah, I've known Joe for, known of Joe for a little while now. I know you kind of like to implement your wrestling, but is this a fight where you think most of the game plan is to try to stand up just because you don't want to go to the ground with them? Or do you think this fight's probably going to hit the ground? I mean, I'm, I would imagine it's probably going to hit the ground sooner or later. I mean, I would definitely like to hurt him on the feet. I think everyone that goes into a cage fight probably thinks the same thing. Yeah, I would like to knock him out. Uh, I think that he's going to be looking to bring it down to the floor like faster than maybe I would or I will be. Um, but I'm more than happy to, to grapple, you know. I mean, we're different kinds of grapplers. He's more of a submission guy and I'm more of a ground pound guy. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see, you know, where we match up against each other. Well, what do you think a win over Joe like does for you? Cause this is like obviously back up to lightweight now. I mean, I think it's a pretty big win for me. Uh, probably my highest profile fight to date, except when I fought Oliveira, a uh, short notice, whatever he was ranked, but you know, Joe's on a three fight winning streak. And he just beat a legend in Jim Miller. So, you know, it's a big feather in my cap. I think it shows that, you know, when I win that I'll, that I'm a contender, you know? Planning on calling anyone out or is you just kind of leave it to what the UFC kind of Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I am actually. um, But I don't want to say it just yet. Yeah, yeah, you got to save it for after. (laughs) That's the whole point of the the post-fight speech. Yeah, for sure. But... Training in Florida still, like, who are the main guys you work with at Sanford? Because there's a hot, lot of high-level grapplers, yeah. especially there. We're monsters. Um, throughout camp, a lot of my training partners were, excuse me, uh, Saul Rogers, who just beat Georgie Karakarian. Uh, Chris Ojagos, I was training a lot with. You know, he fought Armin, unfortunately lost. But he's a monster. Chris was super underrated. Um I've been training a lot with Andre Harrison, uh, Tofik Musiev. He was the rising 155-pound champ. Um, Ludwig Klein. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, who was a monster. Monster, savage. Uh, I mean, I'm rolling with Gilbert Burns today. I wrestled with Gilbert for the whole wrestling class. So, I mean, you know, there's uh, Chad Skelly and, there's so many other guys. I mean, there's so many people down here that it's hard to remember everyone, you know. Um, but it's nothing but monsters. Everyone's good. Everyone has their own style. And I get different looks from – I mean, the guys that just named, they're all different. And they're all really high level. Um, but, yeah, those have been, like, most of most of my training partners. And it's just, you know, we have the, some of the best coaches in the world, I believe. So it's been great. And I mean, if you're rolling with Gilbert Burns, like I 
don't really think Joe Sucky's is better of a grappler than what Gilbert is, especially the size too. So like that's probably yeah, good luck for the fight. It's like wrestling with the bear. Um but yeah, I mean, you know, just because I'm rolling with Gilbert doesn't mean anything. Like yeah. Joe's Joe's his own guy and he's great at what he does. Um so obviously, you know, just because I train with good guys means oh I'm underestimating anyone. Obviously I'm not. Um but yeah, I'm super excited to test my skills against Joe. For sure. I'm really excited. How, how do you kind of see the fight playing out? Uh, I mean, I'm going to try to make it as dirty as possible. You know, I want to make it dirty and bloody. And um, I don't want it to be like a stalled out grappling match because that's, it seems that's how Joe likes to fight. He likes to slow things down, which is, you know, I, there's, I have nothing against that. That's what, it works. You know, if you're a great grappler and you can slow it down and, 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 you know, take guys down and control them. And that's how you win fights. I mean, that's how he's won his first three besides the submission. I don't, I think he's, I'm not sure if he's got two or one submission submissions in UFC, but um, that's what he's done to a lot of his opponents. So I think I got to, you know, weather the storm, make a gritty move, get him tired, flush, get him flustered and, and, you know, obviously try to hurt him. Uh, a bit disappointed. You're just at the apex. They can't put you on one of these pay-per-views in front of fans. You know, I'm super salty because of Madison Square Garden. Yeah. You know, I was I was born in Manhattan. I was raised in Queens. My grandfather fought in Madison Square Garden. So it's for me. I'm like, I should be fighting in Madison Square Garden. You know. Uh, but I haven't got that chance. This year, I wouldn't have been able to fight there anyways because I'm getting married October 29th. And I'm going on my honeymoon November 2nd. So it wouldn't have happened anyways. So I'll have to wait for the for the next one. Uh, but you know what? The way I look at it, I'm like, eh. If I were to fight in Madison Square Garden now, I'd probably be on the early prelims or maybe the the middle prelim card. And I'll have to wait till I'm I'm on the you know, on the main card or the main event to fight Madison Square Garden. Then I'll really fulfill what I believe my destiny is. You know. So with you getting married and honeymoon, like, is this the last fight for you this year? Are you hoping maybe you can squeeze one more in after that? I mean, so I I get married October 29th. That's gonna be a crazy week. Going away for a week to St. Lucia, November 2nd. So basically, November is like half gone, at least, you know. Get back, get back in the swing of things. And then December. So I would imagine it's probably, unless I get like some crazy offer and I'm able to make weight safely and, you know, in a smart way, then I would imagine early next year is when I'll be back in there. Is the benefit too, though, of lightweight is maybe something big comes up in December that you can kind of jump out so you yeah, don't really have to worry about the weight? 100%. I mean, I've been walking around in the low 70s for a while now. So I don't see myself like rebounding higher than that. So, you know, on a week's notice, I could potentially make 55 and feel good, you know, or feel decent. Uh, so, I mean, I plan on staying low and being able to take – 
fights on short notice. It seems like it's kind of far and few between now, the short notice fights. So, you know, COVID is, you know, people are kind of getting smarter and seems like there's less COVID this and or other problems where guys are just filling in. I mean, you got this Dan Hooker thing that just happened. But that was like, you know, once in a blue moon where something like that happens. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, I would love to get in there if I can do it you know, on short notice. Uh, just two more things. I know one of your old teammates is now your new teammate. What's it like having Brendan Allen down there in Florida back with you? Oh, it's Brendan's like my big little brother, you know? We uh, I cornered him in his contender series fight. I cornered him in a couple LFA fights. Been trained together for a while, and he's he's uh, he's on a roll right now. But he's a great person. You know, he's a good human, um, family man, and uh, it's good having him here. But I, there's so many guys here that I that I used to train with, Andre Harrison, uh, Phil Hawes. I used to train with Phil Hawes at Henzo's like. Seven years ago, I was training with Phil. Wow. I met Phil actually in New Mexico like 10, almost 10 years ago, I guess, eight years ago. Um, and there's always guys that come through that I've known. So it's great. It's like Sanford's like a family, you know, huge family. Do you ever go out back to Milwaukee or, or is you are you always in Florida? <laughs> I have not gone back. Not for any, like, because I'm not, like, friends with anyone anymore, but those are still my guys. Duke, still my guy. Scott Cush, still my guy. Uh, I constantly text with Duke, and he was always there for me. He's, he actually really propelled my game in certain ways. Uh, but my fiance lives was living in Florida. Just made sense for me to be down here. I was, you know, just way more convenient. And Sanford's a better better match for me as far as my style of fighting. So. I have not gone back. Plus, Milwaukee is just not for me, man. You look at the lifestyle. I'd rather be on a beach in Florida than up in Milwaukee. I'm literally looking at the ocean from my bedroom window. So, I mean, Milwaukee, I was looking at the snow, you know? (laughs) Uh, Just last thing, it seems like Oliveira Poirier is going to happen. Like, uh, who do you kind of see winning that one? Just because you fought before. It's a really, really tough fight for both guys. Um. And I think Oliver is a different person now than he was at least at 45, you know? Um, I think Oliver is the more well-rounded fighter as far as grappling goes. Obviously, his striking has been on point in his last bunch of fights. I'm, I'm, I don't care who wins. I would like to see... Charles win just because he's going to win over me. At least I could say, all right, well, I lost to the champion. Or, I mean, I already have that. But I lost to a guy that was able to defend the belt. Um, but I'm I'm going for, for Oliveira. I, li- I love Dustin, too. You know, he's a great guy, amazing fighter. I think Oliveira, on paper, is the better fighter, though. And his run was, like, crazy because for, like, fights on fights on like he was just always considered that like quitter from when he like lost to Holloway and like even the last fight against Chandler like he kind of proved that he can survive that onslaught and come back so like he's tough yeah. to beat at lightweight yeah definitely and he's older now he was like a child then literally he was like what in his early 20s I think in this sport like until you're 28 29 30 like you really mature into your body you know like it's different when you're 
you know, 32 years old and you're fighting like a 21 year old. It's like, it's kind of like, you know, when I look at like Brunson and Shabazian. Yeah. Just a different animal, beast, someone that's so savvy, you know, and just been in the game forever. So I think, you know, he's got like, how many fights does he have in UFC now? Like 25, 30, Oliver, something like that? Yeah, he'd be up there. He so got what? in when he was like 20 or 21. Yeah, he got so the like, UFC. I mean, he's matured big time. So, yeah. Yeah, his UFC debut was August 1st, 2010. So, like, that's crazy. I made my pro debut in 2011. Yeah, so he's been in the UFC longer than you've been fighting, and he's still only 31. Exactly. Well, I thought I was an amateur. In two, but but uh, he made his, his UFC – you said pro or UFC? UFC debut, Definitely. August 2010. Yeah, so, I mean, like – And he's only 31 right now. The amount of experience is just ridiculous, you know? All right, well, Jared, though, I appreciate the time as always. Thanks so much. All right, we're joined by UFC lightweight Joe Selecki, who is back in action here pretty soon. Joe, how's it going, man? Man, it's going great. Uh, thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Yeah, fighting Jared Gordon, like, were you surprised this is your opponent because Jared tried that drop back down to featherweight, had two fights, but his last fight he missed weight. So, like, I didn't know if they they made, like, force him up. So were you kind of surprised this is the guy you're fighting? Um, not, not necessarily because, uh, you know, I know he's kind of flirted with both divisions and, uh, you know, had good runs, 45, making weight. And then sometimes he doesn't make weight. So, um, I wasn't really shocked when they called with that, but I, it wasn't somebody I was thinking about, but I wasn't really, I learned pretty early on, like since the first fight, when I got signed was like, it's always going to be the person that you're not really, uh, harping on. So I don't really, I try not to go down the roster too much and pick out like, Oh, maybe this is the one, maybe that. there's so many guys. And, um, Especially me, I'm not anybody, some huge name or anything right now. So there's no there's no telling who they're going to come up with, especially in, in COVID times when guys are dropping out of fights quickly and guys are getting called up quickly. So, um, you know, rankings have kind of gone to the wayside. But I think that makes perfect sense, you know. He's a veteran in, in, the, um, in the UFC, and you know, but also trying to make his way at 55. I'm making my way at 55. So I think in hindsight, once I got the name, it makes perfect sense. And uh, – Something I'm excited about, you know, I came up watching him at CFFC. He was the featherweight champ when I got uh, started. I uh, made my pro debut there. So, um, again, you know, kind of like the Miller fight, when you start fighting these guys that were, you know, he's obviously a lot younger than, than that, but that were ahead of you or were, you know, more seasoned vets when you started and you start catching up with some of these guys competing with them, always a great thing, always awesome to see how it comes full circle. Well, was this a, li- a bit later than you thought you'd return? Because I thought after the Miller fight, especially beat a guy like Jim Miller, like I thought they might have tried to book you up uh, sooner than what they did. Uh, yeah, a little bit. But you know what? Um, it's always kind of a blessing in disguise, I feel like. I feel like um, staying active is awesome, and it's something I prefer to do. I've always been competing my whole life. You know, in jiu-jitsu, I was competing at least once twice a month. But, um, you know, th- these long breaks, it's like every time I've come back, a much, much better fighter than, than I left. So, um, you know, it's never a bad thing, but I would like to, you know, a little more frequently and, and keep that momentum. But um, the nice thing is every time I get these long stretches with my coaches, they, they make sure I come back better than I was. And, um, you know, the whole, the whole mission and the whole goal is to show it on fight night, but I, I'm 100% certain that I'm way better than I was leaving the cage against Miller. That time off, like, how beneficial is it for you? Like, you kind of mentioned it there, but especially someone that's still pretty young, like, into your career. Because whenever I talk to fighters, they said, like, although it sucks not fighting for a couple months, like, 
that's where you get the best is when you have those month stretches of not fighting, you just get to work on new things all the time. Absolutely. I think that's the biggest thing is growth at this stage in the game because, um, you know, for so many different reasons, is experience is finally starting to set in for me. Uh, you know, obviously there's guys with more fights, my opponent has more fights, but once you get to a certain point, I feel like that experience starts to cancel out, whether you've had, you know, we saw it with the Miller fight. He's had 37 fights in the UFC, and that was my third, but I was comfortable cage, so it didn't really make a difference at that point, you know? But whereas, like, the first or second fight, maybe you get those jitters or you're getting used to the lay of the land and the, the foes and the lights in your face and all that stuff, which I really feel like was a new, but, um, yeah, now that experience is starting to meet and I'm still young enough, you know, with my youth, I think it's a really dangerous thing. It's going to make me a lot better, I think. So, uh, yeah, I do think it's a great thing as long as, um, you know, I'm very lucky to be coming off a couple of wins, so it's not like I have to turn around and fight right again and be like, I need that next pitch or I'm not going to make the run or something like that. So I'm super fortunate to have come off a couple of wins where now I can really – I don't have to rush it along like I'm on the regional scene. I can treat it like it's a career and invest back in myself and my training. And, you know, if it is six or seven months, it we're okay and uh, use that time to actually develop as an athlete. I think that's when it starts to be treated more like a professional sport uh, when you start getting a couple more fights in the UFC. Now I feel like I can take that time and, actually, you know, progress my training and not just be on this crazy war path to try to get signed or try to get the first few fights out of the way. It's like I'm starting to settle in, which is really nice. Uh, how do you kind of how do you kind of see this fight playing out between you and Jared? Because Jared's obviously a really good grappler, um, like just a strong wrestler, a good stand up. But all of his losses like have come by noggin, so like he he is there to be hit, I guess. Yeah, you know he he's a super tough guy, and I feel like I've had this string of guys that I fought, especially with Hubbard and Jim Miller, where they're kind of like I mean everybody in this division is super tough. You know, one fifty five, one forty five as well. Um, you're getting you know. Super tough guys everywhere you go, even in the bottom half of the division. So um, no shocker there, but they have been like these, like, uh, you know, grind-type fighters. But the thing is, I think maybe when I came into the UFC, or especially in the Contender Series, and some of my early regional fights, I was like that finesse finisher. Like, oh, he's going to snatch your neck up. Or, you know, not. And then you're gonna... I think that's what people thought. And um, I've kind of proved that I'm kind of a grinder as well. So I think it could be one of those gritty, grinded-out type fights, you know. Those always mean essential for Friday the night as well. But, uh, you know, we're always looking to come forward, be aggressive on the feet, be aggressive on the ground. So I think that could be a really dynamic, tough fight. And for me, what it always boils down to, but especially with somebody like Jared, is I've got to be checked in for 15 minutes and I fight for every position. Every single, you know, inch of real estate in the cage on the footwork and the, and the stand-up. And same thing on the wall work, the wrestling, and the jiu-jitsu. Because he's a guy, if he takes a little bit, he'll try to run with fight you know he'll, he'll get that momentum and kind of keep carrying it forward so we're ready to stand our ground and uh, fight tooth and nail and get my hand raised after 15 minutes that's kind of how i always play for those uh fight as hard as possibly can 15 minutes but if, if i can crack that chin if i can snatch a neck up if i can take a position and unload some uh some punches and look for the finish i'm always going to try to do that but uh mentally and the preparation i can like more when i spar if I submit somebody, we're standing back up, and we're we're going to keep going. So it's a it's a fifteen minute endeavor in my mind. What do you think a win over Jared does for you and puts in division? Because if you look at Jared, like he's fought a lot of tough guys. Like the only guys to beat in the UFC are Diego Ferreira, who's a top what like 10, 15 guy lightweight. Charles Oliveira, the champ, and then Joaquin Silva. That's a fight Jared was winning, and he like tore his hamstring, that ended up just getting knocked out because he really couldn't stand. But 
uh, like those two wins, like only top guys been able to beat him. Yeah, I think that's just the caliber of opponent that he is. You know, he's a dangerous season vet, and even on the regional scene, you know, when uh, when he was fighting at CFFC and I was fighting there, he was fighting all the toughest guys. You know, title defenses and whatnot. Um, everyone was coming for that title because that's like a golden ticket to UFC. So, yeah, I think um, that's that's a testament to how durable he is. You know, you really can't take those two losses where he got finished because those are two of the very best in the division in the world. So, uh, you know, Charles Oliveira is wearing a belt around the waist right now. So, um, I really can't go comparing to them or to, you know, or even putting too much stock in it saying they're the only ones that finished them or be because at the end of the day, we have to fight October 2nd. And, um, you know, when you look at, uh, you know, only I can relate it to me and my fights that I've had is like with Hubbard, he went the distance with, Davi Ramos, who on paper is a more credential grappler than I am, and Mark Madsen, who's been picked three times, and uh, I was somehow able to finish with the first round. It's just MMA math is crazy. So while we look into it and say, oh well, that proves he's able to be finished, but you have to look at it and say, well, that guy's world champion, the other guy's, you know, top seven or top eight, like you said. So uh, I don't put too much stock into it. I just know that um, anytime he's getting to share the cage with guys like that, that's going to make his confidence good too, because he's been to the the top of the mountain there, top heat. So. Uh, I just got to worry about me clock in and and be ready to try to duplicate those results on the night that we fight. Are you hoping maybe a top 15 guy comes with a win or do you still think you might be one more win away from that? I'm really not concerned about it. You know, like I said, going into the Jim Miller fight was everyone was kind of saying the same thing. Like, what is this going to mean? And when you beat him and all that stuff in, in the picture, um, I kind of just gave the same answer. And I feel like that with this fight as well is, I don't really care what it means to everybody else or in terms of rankings or in terms of notoriety, because at the end of the day, like I, I you know, people fought beating them. I mean, it really didn't, you know, cause it wasn't the most exciting fights so of some people were actually unhappy with the, with the fight and I can't control any of that. So what I always, you know, go off of is it's going to be to me because uh, like being Jim was a, a legend and somebody I grew up watching. This is somebody that was a little bit ahead of me at CFFC. I'm catching these guys, you know, and uh, catching up to where I wanted to be and, it means a lot to me and my family. If I keep going out there and I keep winning, great things are going to happen. Bigger fights will come and, uh, you know, more money is going to come. And, and that, that's all I'm trying to do is come out here and, and show every time that my coaches are putting the effort in, my kids putting the effort in, and, and provide for my family. If I do that, one day I may just be wearing a belt around my waist or fighting for a title or in the top five or all those things that come with that. But I'm not harping on that right now. You know, I'm harping on uh, the 15 minutes that I have put in on October 2nd, which – you know, in my mind, we're in the middle camp right now, you know, thinking about it. And uh, in my mind, I've got to prepare for a living hell for 15 minutes. And then there's nothing on the other side of that until, you know, one of us is getting raised and we carry on with life when we go home. But until then, I'm just, I'm really just thinking about that 15 minutes that I have to, to push through and put a pace on. Are you hoping maybe one more this year? Like, I know you have the kids, so like, I assume you probably don't want to fight around Christmas time and the holidays, but are you hoping one more in this year? Um, you know, like I said, it's kind of a fight. You know, God willing, we're healthy and we're back home. And I'll be back in the gym that week. So, uh, win, lose, or draw, I'm always back in the gym that week in some capacity. So, yeah, I mean, like I said, I like to stay active. So, um, take it one by one. And uh, anytime, anytime I'm healthy and they call, I'm pretty much going to answer the call. You know, it's kind of how I've, my coaches have trained me to be and how I've kind of always been with jiu-jitsu and stuff. Uh, when I, I, you know, get on a tournament, I look online and find the next one. It's kind of keep going that way and this is the same thing so yeah i think one more before the end of the year would be awesome if not uh right in the new year would be great but uh, i can't really control it but i'm, I'm pretty disciplined all year long. 
even out of camp, I'm doing my conditioning and I spar every single week because we've got other teammates getting ready for stuff. So uh, all I ever really need is a, is a three-week window just to maybe peak and get the weight down just a smidge. But uh, even when it comes to Christmas and stuff, if it's not my scheduled cheat day, I'm not going to be cheating on my diet. I'm not going to be gaining a ton of weight. So uh, especially in these crazy times, this is the time to be opportunistic. So I'll be, I'll be staying ready regardless. I know most contracts, especially the Tennessee's ones, runs four fights. Have you already re-up? Like, are you already on your second deal with the UFC? Yeah, I am. I was super fortunate after the last fight. I signed my second contract, which was awesome. Um, couldn't be any happier with that. So it was great. You know, uh, really, really excited. And another four fights. So, um, you know, nothing's guaranteed. There's always that clause. It's like we have the right to cut you either after any loss or at any time or something like that. So, uh, you know, there's no more security with that, but it's nice to, to get that reward and see that, you know, your hard work's not going on there. So uh, really, really cool. And I got to thank my management for that too, Jason House and everybody at Iridium Sports Agency has been really, really helpful with that too. So, uh, and the UFC. So yeah, I'm super pumped. Uh, what's crazy is when I got signed on the contention, I was like, man, if I could just get that first UFC win and be a legit UFC vet, then it was like, well, one's not enough. This, not, And, uh, oh man, if I could just make it to a second contract. Now, now it's, all, it's just going to keep, Keep moving post, you know. So it's been really cool. It's flown by, and uh, I'm excited to get this this first one, the new deal going. Uh, just two more things. Are you hoping, every, like everything goes your way? Maybe the next fight gets you on pay per view back in front of fans because this is your fourth UFC fight, three in a row with no fans. <laughs> yeah, it's crazy, but um, I, you know, I, I don't care too much. Uh, it's nice. You know, I love, I love the actual fight, and that's something that has really really been, uh, I don't know, dominant in my thoughts and leading into this team. Like, I, I love the, the pure position of fighting these days. You know, on the regional scene, when you're working your way up, all you're thinking about is getting in front of all these eyes and getting on TV. And, you know, I kind of learned early on after my first loss how, like, fair weather um, promotions can be and, and followers can be and stuff. But even then, you're still really young in the game, and you're like, man, I want to be the most well-known and all that. And it is really cool. There's no feeling like walking out in front of a – the hearing with everybody screaming. It, it's it's great adrenaline and it's a cool memory. Like I got the one fight in front of the crowd in Washington D.C. But um, I love the pure competition, so I really don't care as long as it's going to be me and an opponent. Like I said, if I had said this leading into the last fight, I've always said this: if it was me and Jared have to go into a room with one of our coaches each, and we're going to fight, and we come out and we're like sign a non-disclosure and can never know the result, I would still do it. You know, I need to know that I can compete and, and test myself against this person and, and get the win. So uh, that's why I do it. So the Apex kind of fits that style for me. But that being said, one of the coolest things about fighting is to travel and go fight in front of all these places and see new places. So that would be cool, you know, because uh, this is like my fourth or fifth fight in Vegas now. So, yeah, uh, when it comes, it comes, but not too concerned about the pay-per-view aspect. Cause, gosh, who knows? Who knows when, when that's going to be? Uh, just last thing, uh, your coach, John Thalder, how's he been? Because uh, he was looking really good against Gegard. Obviously, tough loss, but Gegard, one of the best fighters in the world. Like, oh, What's kind of he been like since that fight? Man, he's just been back in the gym. He's he's man. He's uh, Like I said, it was really humbling for me to watch that whole process. I was sitting cage side and then you know being back in the gym and watch that whole process unfold was just seeing how a competitor deals with defeat, you know, and something that's that competitive and that hardworking is like, I, I don't know why I ever guessed it would be anything other than him being back in the gym that Monday, but uh, it was him being back in the gym that Monday because 
uh, Sunday, we got home, we were, we were uh, hanging out, and I was like, hey, like, you know, if you need to take a couple days, I'll, I'll cover class tomorrow. He looked at me like I was nuts. He's like, no, I'll be in class in the morning, you know. He was helping me out, get ready for my fight. Right away, I was holding some pet me and stuff. Um, and, and, it, and it's just been really great to see that, as much as I hate that my friend had to take a loss. But um, it was just really, it really was his character to see that he's just like, okay, yeah, back to the work, you know. And uh, that's not the last we're going to see of John. He'll be out here, you know, reminding all the Bellator middleweights why he was fighting for the title last fight, you know. And, and any great success in the, the early part of the fight, then Yegar the legend for a reason, you know. He's super calm under fire, and then he got up and, and implemented his game plan. And, and we learned in the process, you know, our coach, Jeff Jimmo, was, was talking to him after the fight and picking his brain just about a couple things. And, um, you know, that's the other thing about being humble in defeat was we picked up a couple things by talking to him. So um, all the way around, it's just uh, he's a great leader and coach, and, and we're super lucky to have him, and I'm excited for what's to come for him. I'm sure it's going to be great things. All right, well, Joe, I appreciate the time as always. Thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, man, thanks for having me. Have a great